All right, what's going on everybody? My name is Isaac Hongos. I am a web video producer and welcome back to the next podcast. Uh, this is Sunday, 10-27-2019 and we're back with another podcast. What are we going to be talking about this week? A lot of things, most first and foremost. Uh, thank you to the three subscribers that I got within the past week. Um, but we're going to be talking mainly about Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg in the news. Um, <clears throat> uh, how Facebook is handling its uh, journalism within Facebook. Um, the Canon 1DX Mark III. Um, there's this influencer, or this YouTuber, I don't think he likes the word influencer, Andrew talking about social media influencers. And uh, I'm going to give a response to his video titled... Uh, social influencers are not good. Hold on, let me just search it up. Don't want to misquote that. So it's called uh, so the problem with Instagram influencers. So I'll be responding to that. And of course, some Tesla news. Uh, I feel like I'm becoming a source for Tesla news. Um, and yeah, so it's gonna be it's it's mostly gonna be revolving around their um, their solar roofs and their solar in their solar roofs solar information. Um, the, the solar roofs that came out over a year ago and uh, why they're not selling so well and sort of my reasons as to why they're not selling so well and of course there's always logistical problems um, whenever you're selling a product of this kind right um, so we're gonna be talking all about that hopefully everybody sticks around for it um, so mainly I think what really attracted me to the first story of um, Facebook um, was this, I mean, I, I talk a lot about Facebook, to be honest, if you're a friend of mine, and personally, I've, I don't use Facebook anymore, I feel like this is a very millennial trend, um, and I think, I, I always bring up the Cambridge Analytica scandal that happened, because I think this was, like, the first time we saw where our information was going, what it was doing, uh, how it could be manipulated by the wrong people, you know, like most people just want to sell something online, um, but there are some very bad actors. I think what really inspired me was this clip of AOC, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, um, versus uh, Mark Zuckerberg. They were having a discussion regarding like Facebook, uh, its news, its censoring. And personally, I was never... Uh, I guess I wouldn't say not a fan, but also I was never, uh, I never really saw too much. I saw AOC a lot, but the questions that she was asking, um, the questions, the way she was asking them, uh, the tone, to me, that's how you should be asking. Those were good questions. You know, I'm, I'm talking about, <clears throat> you know, this is, this is all over the place, right? Because you got to get the context and understand what I'm talking about, you know, when Kong, you know, after the whole Cambridge Analytica incident, uh, Mark Zuckerberg decided to go in, talk to Congress, what he was doing, and how it meddled with the elections. Of course, all those were poorly, those were all poor questions. You know, if you remember Congress, I'm sorry, but you didn't ask the right questions. And, you know, AOC was asking, uh, could I, could I pay to target promote predominantly black zip codes to give them the wrong election date? Um, you know, it's quote, end quote, could I pay uh, to target predominantly black zip codes to give them the wrong election date, end quote. 
Um, and Mark Zuckerberg replies with, uh, no, I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, and to me, you know, I have seen what you're able to do with, you know, this was a few years back also, uh, to be able to see how you're able to target your demographics. Facebook, extremely smart. Mark Zuckerberg, even smarter. <clears throat> okay, I'm gonna open my San Pellegrino right now. Look at, oh. Again, if anybody knows someone that can sponsor Mr. San Pellegrino, that'd be great. <clears throat> but, you know, that's a pretty good question, right? And as I've seen the Facebook ads and all this and what you're able to do behind the scenes, especially if you're trying to target someone, it is extremely specific, you know? When I was, you know, running a few Facebook ads uh, like a few years back, it was insane how much you, how detailed you could get. You could target certain ages, you could target to get if they're married, if they're divorced, if they're widowed, on top of that, you could, you know, hit what demographic of income they are. So, you know, I'm not a Facebook engineer. Um, I'm not a software developer, but I, but I understand that there is something that he's lying about here. And that's because if you're an advertiser, you know how much targeting power you have. And to me, that just seemed like a bunch of BS, what he was doing and what he was saying because they know the information, it knows you better than you do. We spend a lot of time on it, especially the older people who are predominantly getting their news from them. Now, um, AOC was also talking, you know, this is, a, this is not a political podcast, but this is technology involving uh, politics. And I feel like it's just gonna keep on getting worse if people aren't asking questions like this. And at the end, um, Sort of AOC, I'm gonna tweet this at you and I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna give you a solution as someone that is, you know, a, a lot younger, no, I wanna say a lot younger, you're 29, I'm 24. Um, and uh, just someone that really, you know, loves technology and understands technology really, really well. And uh, I'm just gonna give my own personal solution at the end of this. Um, so it follows, right? That they're talking about Facebook uh, and how it's gonna control journalism, right? Um, because there's another article that says Mark Zuckerberg uh, makes a case for Facebook news. And there's this one really, uh, so okay, so this is one news leading to another. So first of all, we're talking about, uh, you know, AOC versus Mark Zuckerberg. And now we're talking about another article uh, from TechCrunch that talks about the case for Facebook news. So Facebook news, um, so quote, so Facebook news could serve as more of a natural home for news to be clear, the company says new content will continue to appear in the main feed as well. And then it goes, quote, nonetheless, they suggest that algorithms will be driving the majority of Facebook news, end quote. So first and foremost, um, I think Facebook news, just the way that Facebook handles itself, you know, it's based on outrage, right? Like what gets the most clicks? It's outrage. It's people reacting to stuff, right? People being angry, using anger as their fuel, right? So, um, to me, Facebook news sounds like the worst possible solution to this when we see it, when we see what it's already done, right? Um, and the, the algorithm is not there to challenge you. It's there to reinforce your belief, right? There's the, the confirmation bias, right? And the algorithm is based on that. It's, oh, you're on the left, you're on the right. Here's more news that tells you you're always right in the first place. And when you're told you're right all the time, 
Um, it's not healthy, right? Uh, you should be challenged. You should be able to say, hey, this is something I don't believe in, but let me talk to the, the other side. And to me, as I've seen it, as I've strayed away from Facebook products, um, you know, I have Instagram, but I don't really like it a lot. I mean, I mean, I feel like I have to use it as a content creator. Um, but as I stray away from it, you can see that people are being told that they're right all the time. And that's not healthy to be told you're right all the time. You're the smartest person on the face of the planet. Um, so that's how I see it. Facebook is not a good place for news. Uh, and this is also talk, AOC was talking about um, <clears throat> the fact that, you know, you could make up fake stuff. Uh, there was a, there was a, there was a targeted ad for Joe Biden from Trump saying all these false accusations, right? Now, to me, I do not know if they were real or fake. A majority of people are saying they, they were fake. It was targeting. So this is where it all began, too. Like, are we spreading false news? Because we've already seen the impact of what happens when you spread fake news, misinformation. Um, and I think AOC was doing a lot of great questions. Um, and this leads to the next thing, which is, nonetheless, they suggest that algorithms will be driving the majority of Facebook news. We've already done that, right? We've already made that mistake. And we already see people like the anti-vax movement, the, the, the flat earthers. It's not even a movement. It's just wrong thinking, right? Like, like, like this is what happens when you see one bad piece of mis misinformation being shared amongst a group of people. And they're being told they're right because the algorithm fed them a whole bunch of stuff to validate that they were, uh, that vaccines don't work, right? Vaccines work. We already saw it. We, we see that they work, right? Um, and I don't think you can give this to a human being. First and foremost, they need context and there's inherent bias, right? So context, it's extremely difficult um, to teach to a uh, human, to a machine, right? Uh, there's this really great article on I, what is it, IBM, uh, just talking about how it is extremely complicated and there's a lot of smart people with a lot of degrees and a lot of knowledge in this field who are trying to teach a computer context. So if the, the, um, the technology, if the code isn't there just yet, then I don't think Facebook well, I'm pretty sure has a bunch of talented people should be given this task or should be giving this task to to uh, an algorithm. Now, I think Facebook is all trying to expand even more of its reach. They, uh, I think uh, Gary Vee put it best is that Mark Zuckerberg isn't just some nerdy kid, some, you know, some dude that did this website for a girl. It's he is extremely smart when it comes to human behavior. And he knows that uh, all this publicity is good for Facebook, whether he thinks it or not, people are gonna be keep on searching it up, it's gonna keep it on the top results, and he understands the human behavior that goes into making these products. Again, like these companies have the best psychologists, the best designers on their team so they can stay on the platform a lot longer. Um, so he's extremely dangerous, all this is good publicity, but I don't think it's healthy to say that an algorithm is going to be driving news that has a lot of context, right? So you have to get some people on it. And when they asked her who's going to be, if you know, AOC asked 
what happens when I put up some false stuff and um, what happens when I put up some fake content? Are someone going to be fact-checking? And then uh, Mark replies with a uh, quote, we do not appoint the fact-checkers. The fact-checking network, um, the fact-checkers, the fact-checking network, end quote, uh, does all that, right? So this is not uh, Facebook employees. This is not actual, you know, people with full-time benefits and psychological training and all these I mean, I think there's a really great documentary done by, um, wow, I sound really loud in the mic, by Vox, I think, by Vox, I forgot, uh, Facebook moderators, uh, uh, moderators, sorry about the typing, guys, I know I should get better with them, monitor, moderators, uh, money, I can't, I can't spell right now, moderators, moderators, um, yeah, by The Verge, right? A really amazing piece as to what happened. Facebook isn't going to be paying someone to do this, right? We already see this with with some other elections out there. Uh, I think there was one... Uh, okay, see, this is why I got to do... Like, this one story spirals into other, you know, rabbit holes. But, uh, again, what, what I'm trying to say is that this is a third-party company that's clearly trying to... Uh, do some of Facebook's dirty work, which is to moderate and take out uh, fake news. I hate saying the word fake news because it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound like it's like it's a legitimate thing because it's not fake news. Not they're just false claims, right, or whatever. Um, and you and they're being outsourced, right? Outsourcing is bad, especially when it comes to something like this, where millions of people are going to be watching it. Uh, I think uh, if you look at inside the quote or the title of this quote, Inside the Traumatic Life of Facebook Moderators by The Verge, uh, end quote, you see that these people, you know, they're just regular people trying to get by, trying to, you know, make a living, and they're doing Facebook's dirty work, and this is traumatizing work. One of the women, uh, women or men, or uh, I had to watch it again, but, you know, they talk about a, a dog being set on fire. What, like, there's all the stuff you don't see because there's people doing this, and algorithms doing this, and they're not doing... I'm not saying the people are doing a good job. I'm saying the algorithm isn't doing a good job because this is also extreme. This takes an actual human being to be done. Um, and, you know, Facebook, I think, needs to get real people with real training, at least a psychology degree in, in this, because this is a very difficult job. It's a, it's a horrendous job. I personally would not want to do it. It seems scary. I feel like I'd have some psychological trauma and they don't offer that because guess what companies are always trying to cut the cost so um saying we're going to give it to a third party company they're going to do it uh we're going to trust the third party company it's not a good enough answer man like um it's it's not good it's just not a good way to do this um and you know mark zuckerberg says he doesn't think that they they should be censoring facebook that people should believe you know whatever they want to believe uh, but there's a, like a pretty good line where that is because, you know, doing the research, um, there's also a, <clears throat> a article on The Verge that talks about how conservatives are being um, censored. You know, there's a lot of uh, also what is, uh, creators who are conservatives who say that they're being, um, who they're being like put uh, less on the Facebook feed. Now, I thought it was just like one case of one person complaining, right? But these are multiple people 
you had a lot of people. I mean, we already saw this with YouTube. Um, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not a conservative, but, you know, if it was one case, okay, yeah, machines make mistakes. Uh, computers make mistakes too. Um, it depends who's training them, what their experience is. And this, this is where you kind of dive into, you know, why diversity is important. Um, <clears throat> but if you look at this, you see that there's definitely some sort of, you know, silencing of the conservative, uh, of the conservative people, of conservative, um, those who lean on con conservative, right, and conservative news. And, you know, do I agree with them on everything? No. Um, how do I feel about it? I, you know, I think there's a need to have a discussion, but also, um, if you look at it, it does seem like they're being, like, they're being, uh, put down less on the Facebook news. Now, I have to keep on going because um, Silicon Valley uh, has a problem with conservatives. I, I read the, the article, The Conser uh, the Verge, uh, Vox. Um, <clears throat> I think there's also one on the, the Hill as well. So I checked three sources. So again, I think it's because it's Silicon Valley. You know, some of these programmers are from Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley is in California. California tends to, you know, being more liberal and we're um we're a blue state and all this stuff so the so again they have to get programmers who might not you know share the same political views because if this is happening then this is kind of going against what mark zuckerberg is saying that everybody has a voice right um and to me that it seems a little contradictive of what he's trying to accomplish and I think Facebook is just becoming way, way too powerful. Um, Facebook is becoming way too powerful. It's going for the monopoly. It's going for the end game. It's going for um, everything that it could possibly grasp his hands on. Mark Zuckerberg is extremely smart. He's extremely dangerous. He has a lot of power. And the thing that scared me the most is that what's good for the world isn't necessarily good for Facebook. So, you know, AOC, if you're watching this, I'm sorry this is like a lot of gibberish. Um, I have to get through a lot of this. Um, what I would personally suggest is you need a group of like 18, 26 year olds in Congress who are gonna be like a junior, two people from every single state to come and represent the center of technolo youth technology, young technology, because we're the ones that understand what's happening with the technology, how it's arising, how fast it can adapt, and personally, that's what I would do. Two people from every state to come and talk about this technology because it's getting out of hand and there's a lot of older folks who don't understand what is happening, especially on the internet. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be an a-hole. I'm just saying like this is moving faster than we could possibly imagine. And <clears throat> I think Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook are extremely dangerous uh, to what we're doing. And Facebook news is the worst possible uh, thing that could happen, especially when they're being, especially when people are being told every single day that they're right about every single political view that they handle, that they hold to themselves. So I think there's there's got to be there's got to be some break uh, when it comes to Facebook and the power that they have, because they have way too much power. They're selling our information, um, and it's not just them. It's Google. It's everybody who's selling our info. Um, and yeah, so 
Again, a lot of respect for AOC for asking better questions this time, grilling Mark Zuckerberg, because he knows that all this is good stuff for Facebook. All the publicity would just be on Facebook, and you know it, it can't get any better than that, right? Um, he also looks like a lizard, so yeah. Bring back, bring, uh, bring back MySpace. That's all I'm gonna say. MySpace never gave us these issues. MySpace was awesome. Top five, top five. Okay, so now we're gonna move on. Um, but yeah, let me know your opinions um, because <clears throat> you know the Joe Rogan podcast. You know, can't go a day, can't go a day without mentioning uh, Joe Rogan. But um, his podcast with Edward Snowden was really, really great. So, um, yeah. So we're going to go on to uh, the Canon 1DX Mark III. Just a little bit of better non-political news because nobody likes politics. Uh, oh, actually, we could, we could talk about uh, me switching to DaVinci because it's free. Uh, we're kind of... I mean, I'm going to give a full review. But for right now, uh, I was giving my thoughts after the 1DX Mark III. So uh, it's finally out. We were, I mean, it's announced that it's, um, that it's coming. The 1DX Mark III is coming. It looks kind of crazy. Um, it, people are saying it's going to be a killer mirrorless camera. Um, which I find great that they're switching over to mirrorless or a sort of hybrid, both mirrorless and DSLR with 20 FPS when you go into the mechanical mode, which is insane because the Sony uh, A9 Mark II shot at 10 frames per second, and that is with a physical shutter. Um, they're getting better uh, CF card, CF Express, uh, better buffer. It's shaping out to be a, a a really phenomenal camera on top of that there's going to be deep learning focus which is to better track your subject and you know okay i'm gonna say it. i i wish i could afford this right now because i think it i think canon what they're trying to do right now is trying to create their own sort of you know this is just like small speculation right like i think they're going to try to create their own category you know we have mirrorless and we have, uh, we have DSLRs, right? So what do you do, right? Sony so far ahead, it's doing great. DSLRs are dying. Why not put that middle, that sweet spot? And I think it's a really interesting move that they're gonna make because it's somewhat sort of uh, mirrorless, somewhat sort of DSLR, and because DSLRs do certain things better. And then my mirrorless does something else better. And they're trying to sort of fuse them. It's a hybrid. There's no flippy screen, uh, sort of based on the pictures. It still looks humongous. It's gonna have the backlighting for the for the buttons, which is great. I think that's something that, you know, if you're paying over like three thousand dollars for a camera, it should at least come with that. Um, it's gonna have way better. <clears throat> it's gonna have redundancy, which is really great all the time. Better uh, better implementation of the CF Express. And there's going to be no blackout during shooting, uh, which is really, really great. Um, and Sony also, I mean, the, the thing that's interesting to me here is deep learning autofocus, which is going to be better. It's going to use AI in order to take better photos. Uh, and hopefully Canon gets back on it. 
The only thing I don't see here is in-body image stabilization and the flippy screen. Okay, is, is that a deal breaker? Um, you know, for me at this point, yeah, it kind of is a deal breaker. And $6,000, oh my God, $6,000. It sounds like ASMR, $6,000. Um, $6,000 and no flippy screen. I know professionals are gonna use this. Professionals have a second uh, monitor in order to do that, but um, to me, it just seems like a deal breaker. I mean, if you look at the buttons here in the back, you can totally do a flippy screen, but I guess I don't want to do that. And I think this is what Canon has to get right. The autofocus, I mean, dual pixel raw was already really great. I don't know if that's going to be an evolution on here. This is from uh, Petapixel. Um, a great mirrorless camera, deep learning focus, moving to autofocus is another uh, quote. Moving on to autofocus is another area where Canon is planning to integrate technology that has never been seen in the industry. An autofocus system that can be used to deep learning. Canon wants to stay away from AI because it implies that this is learning something or potentially changing over time, end quote. <clears throat> While we see AI to describe focus tracking technology, I mean, hmm, I am really excited about it. But at the same time, how much can you improve it, right? Are you just renaming it and improving it? See how fast you can change your opinions just based on like what you're learning. Um, but yeah, like the autofocus has to be really phenomenal. I think they've always nailed that. The colors, they've always nailed it. But it's gonna be kind of interesting to see what it does to the market. And to me, as long as, you know, they don't, don't goof on it um, and there's no like really major bugs uh, to me, I think this is going to be a really phenomenal camera. Again, I wonder if they're going to be able, we're going to be able to put the RF glass onto this. If this is going to be have mirrorless and have DSLR, um, but um, we'll just have to wait and see. And I guess in a way, this is not the end of mirrorless cameras. I mean, the the end of DSLRs. So was I wrong? Possibly because. Uh, that just means that Canon doesn't have to do as much research and development for the mirrorless cameras. Um, or they don't have to change the body type or something along those lines, right? So again, we'll have to wait and see and sort of go from from there because uh, it's just going to be shaping out to be a really interesting year uh, whenever this gets released. It's a, it might be, well, the, the, the Olympics are coming up, so it has to get released before then. Um, it doesn't say on here when they hope to release it. Um, having protect for a shooter, it's a great it's a great sign, um, but it doesn't say on here when it'll be released. But it definitely has to be released in the first quarter uh, because sports photographers for the Olympics are probably going to want to get their hands on them. And personally, uh, I would want to get my hands on it too. Um, Canon, please sponsor me. Um, but again, this is this is one camera they don't butcher, so we're we're in good territory. Um, so yeah, okay, so right now we're just gonna talk about, so Andrew, this, uh, you wanted my response to, um, to <clears throat> the problem with Instagram influencers, really great video, really phenomenal video, it's something that's been on my mind as well, uh, when it comes to these, uh, oh, it's Andrew Levitt, Levitt, Levi. Levy, okay. Um, so I saw the video. He talks a lot about 
um, th these really awesome, you know, uh, Instagram videographers who are out there inspiring people, quote unquote, inspiring people to live their lives, live it to the best. And they all use the exact same technique, the exact same transitions, the exact same LUTs, the exact same locations, the exact same composition. Everything really is the same. Um, and do I think that it's an authentic sort of thing? Uh, personally, I don't, you know, it depends who you're talking to, right? Or it depends who you're saying. But to me, it just seems like everybody's shooting the same thing. They're shooting the exact, they go to the exact same locations. They, they try to mirror the exact same style and you know, you kind of have to play like others before you can play like yourself, right? But at what point does it end, right? At what point is it just blatant, um, what is it? Uh, what was that word? Um, like a counterfeit, like cheating. Like if you're on a test and you're like, gonna do the exact same answer with the same grammar and the exact same punctuation, right? Oh, plagiarism, there you go, plagiarism. Um, and I think there's just like a lot of plagiarism you know, if you're young, it's it's cool, man. Like you gotta you gotta play like others. But to me, I think most influencers, you know, there's definitely a new market that emerged, right? A new market that talks about how much they make. People make hundreds of thousands of dollars from one post because they're more deeply connected. Because it seems like they're more deeply connected with their audiences. Some people have taken this so far that every single post is an ad. You know, it makes me not really want to use the product ever. And I don't think people understand that. Uh, I mean, some people have gotten way better at it. You know, like once a week, they're either sponsored by Squarespace or NordVPN or something, right? And I think that some of those companies are really great. Uh, one, because, you know, Philip DeFranco, the guy that gets demonetized a whole bunch, they let him do whatever he needs to. Um, and that's why I personally use Squarespace. I'm not even sponsored. <laughs> but... Um, where was I going with this? Uh, yeah, new markets, people taking advantage of it, people are, you know, overposting from the same thing. They'll go from like Squarespace is the best to Wix is the best. And you can tell they've never used the freaking product, right? Um, but sort of going into this, I do think it's a new market. There's some people that are gonna be more authentic than others. Um, and you know, just as like a content creator and someone that's edited videos, uh, I do agree with him that they're not telling a story. Everyone says I'm a storyteller. Everyone says I can create great visual, but you're not really telling a story. Um, like if you look at all these videos, he's he's got it right. I don't know if I'm able to use his video. I'll just play it here in the corner or somewhere. I just screenshot it and, and show it, right? Um, where it is a formula, it's a recipe, right? And it's a very bland recipe now. Um, <clears throat> because hey, it doesn't matter, right? As long as you're showing off beautiful, you know, a beautiful time X with uh, a waterfall and you can't fight Mark III. So uh, I, I do agree with him. It's, it's not very good. They're not really storytellers. They're just highlight videos. I mean, anybody can make them. There's no story, there's no, and what I mean story is there's no beginning, middle and end. Who am I? Who do I? I'm signing like freaking Robert De Janeiro. What was it? Um, who was the guy that said that Marvel Cinematic Universe isn't really cinema? 
that guy. See, I'm saying like that guy, but I'm just saying like, you know, there's there's no progression, right? Like these people aren't writing characters, developing the characters. Uh, there's no one character. Um, there's no dialogue. There's no real sound editing. Uh, it's just like a popular EDM hip hop song that's being thrown in there and then you adjust it to the bumps and to the sound and then you put in a fancy LUD and then the zoom the zoom transition and then you put then you use um what is it then you do what what font is that everybody uses the same the same fonts um and then you put in a supercar and then that's it like you got the formula and everyone's aiming to do the exact same thing um, I think there's few people that do it really well. Uh, I'm not going to name them because I don't know. I forgot their names, but there's some people that do it really well. And then he mentions like the ugly side to all this, right? There's the, there's a fear of missing out. Uh, you know, like it's true. Like not everybody can afford this lifestyle. Not everyone can go to Dubai every other two weeks and, you know, rent out of huts and not everybody can go to freaking what is this, Hawaii every other two weeks, and then go down, you know, at some point, like, you see the place so much that it's not even exciting when you see it again, right, because everybody's going to the same place, um, so he talked about that, and it's true, you just kind of compare yourself, you know, like, why can't I be, like, this, this exclusive 5% of influencers who just gets paid to travel the world, right, um, and at that point, like, is it really art, or is it a commodity, uh, so I do agree with him on that, that not every, not like, they're not inspiring me to do anything. Um, people write that in the comments, but just for the algorithm, man, it's like, I'm doing it so you get some engagement and you might reply and I might get some engagement back. So I get stacked up on the, on the comment section, right? It's all, it's all a game. Uh, and then he's talking about the exact same shots. Um, like there's some, like when you travel, and if you travel on an airplane, if you ever traveled like United, don't don't fly United. Or yeah, I think that's the that's the last uh, airplane I took. It's not a good experience. Like you get jet, like all of this. Like I'm pretty sure people are summoning the energy to do all of this. Uh, on top of that, everyone's just doing backflips. Like come on, man, everyone's doing backflips. At least make it interesting. Do something else, you know. Um, yeah, everybody's going to the same locations, everyone's copying the exact same tones, the squeal, trust me, I've been there, like, um, and it's, it, it just seems like unoriginal, all of this just seems unoriginal because one person did it, and now everybody's doing it, so, yeah, I mean, I guess you have to get more creative, um, but I don't think they're storytellers, they're just making commercials, um, and I think there's some people that do it better than others. And yeah. And that's kind of my take on it. Um, you know, at some point, play like yourself. That's all I'm going to say. Create your own style. Make it unique. And how do you make it unique? Uh, I don't know. But yeah, that's my take on it. Uh, Andrew, that's, that's what I'm going to say. And I do agree with a lot of what you're saying. Like it's, it's just kind of boring, and everybody, you know, the you know, it starts to get popular when you search up how to, and then it's like edit like, and then it's like you know, like Sam Colder 
or <laughs> something like that. No diss to Sam Colder, but um, you know you've made it once that's something that pops up in the search. Uh, because how to edit like... Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, so if you put in how to edit like and then you put S, it's like Scout 6 outs or something, and then short stash, and then Sam Colder. So, <clears throat> yeah, you made it, Sam. So, I think he's the first one that I saw that was making it uh, really good. And, but then everyone copied the exact same thing. Like, that zoom out transition, I copied it. Uh, but at some point, like, you gotta ask yourself, what am I doing with the transition? Because right? then it gets overused. Um, so, yeah. And that is what... I'm still trying to, I still have to launch term I mean uh, audacity from the terminal so if you're using audacity make sure you launch it from the terminal okay so now we're gonna move on to Tesla's new solar roof um, and what I think they need to do in order to uh, you know sell the product a lot better so uh, quote, Tesla's solar roof website now includes a pricing estimator which lists 42, 42K as the total price of the average 20 square foot with 10 uh, kilowatt solar panels. It is also listed as 33K as a price after an 8,550 federal tax incentive, end quote. So Tesla's solar roofs, uh, they were announced like three years ago. Where are those things? Uh, so Tesla, yeah, Tesla's uh, solar roofs were announced about a, uh, like three years ago. It was really exciting. I was there when the when the video came out, like ten minutes later. Um, it seemed like extremely phenomenal technology, not only phenomenal technology but revolutionary technology. And like a year later, uh, I saw another video that said that they had only done like two installs. And now it's like two, three years later, and yeah, like it's, it's not getting much work done, but of course that's because Tesla has limited resources that they can use and deploy, and um, it's a brand new technology, right? It's not something that people buy all the time, or right? like how often do you, uh, how often do you buy a roof? Not very often, right? Um, so I guess there's a lot of it's a very tough market that is over time, an overtime market, right? So people aren't replacing the roofs every single time. And if you just got a new roof installation, you probably wouldn't get it, right? Because roofs are expensive, apparently. Um, but now, there's a bigger emphasis. Oh, okay, so why didn't Tesla really double down on it, right? And that's because of the production of the Model 3. So the Model 3, awesome car. I see it all the time. I wish I could afford it. And... <clears throat> Please sponsor me. Um, and they were having a lot of production issues at the beginning. Now they're doing really phenomenal, putting out a lot of cars, and now they're able to focus on the solar roofs. They're able to put, they're on the third generation, which I didn't even know there was a second generation to begin with. Um, they're doing a lot better. The production is, you know, is way better. Uh, it's supposed to work a lot better. Uh, it's, they're installing it more efficiently. There's going to be jobs being produced by this. And he said that they're gonna focus on it along more with the solar walls. And, they, and Musk says, um, quote, uh, get to a thousand roofs per week uh, sometime in the next several months, 
end quote. So that's really phenomenal. Um, but I, here's why I think it failed, right? So there was a lot of announcements during that keynote. Uh, he was showing off the house, the power wall. And I think this is why the power wall, wall isn't showed off as much. It's just like poor marketing, right? Um, Tesla doesn't have a lot of resource. I mean, that's, I mean, it's a car factory. So, I mean, that's kind of like a vague statement. It doesn't have a lot of resources. He's a billionaire, right? But of course, compared to the other uh, car manufacturers that have been around for like a hundred years, like Ford, <clears throat> um, it doesn't have as many resources and they're trying to do so much. And what's happening here is they can't also, they can't focus on installation, right? There's either two sort of different markets. One of them is, you know, more cars, more manufacturing. People tend to buy these cars a lot faster than they would buy a roof, right? Because you do use your roof every day, but not, it's like wear and tear, right? Like a roof isn't built to last. Um, but it's a completely different market. And, you know, I think the technology wasn't there. People didn't know about it. There was just so much. Uh, the wall to me, the power brick, the power wall seems like an amazing thing. I'm surprised more people didn't get it or I don't see as much buzz about it. And, you know, I, I think it's because of the poor marketing. I think there should be some sort of discount if you buy the, the Tesla Model 3 or any Tesla. You know, it depends, right? Like you kind of have to do like a, like a bracket. If you buy a Model 3, you get like 15% off. You buy a Model X you get like 20% off, right? Or, you know, just enough to break even. Um, or some sort of deal like that. That way people talk about it, they build it into their walls and they tell their friends and their friends, you know, are like, holy shit, you're not paying for, uh, you're not paying for electricity anymore. Uh, so I think that's where it sort of failed, right? Because there wasn't enough buzz, there were just some announcements. Uh, but to say that we're going to do a thousand roofs, that's a very big task to undertake because how many people are actually going to do this? You know, like, I think we're already past a little bit beyond the betas, you know, the first and second ones, usually the betas of the product, right? So I think we're in a good spot right now. It just has to be marketed a lot better. Uh, people got to know about it. People also have to talk about the wall, the power brick wall. And there's kind of has to be more case studies because... I know how it works or how it's supposed to work. It's supposed to save you money. It's supposed to be like your Apple ecosystem, but for your car and electricity. And uh, it's just marketing, I think, in my opinion. And I think they need to do a way better job uh, in order for people to really get behind the idea that uh, the Tesla is one of the best cars out on the market. It probably is the best car, but that's my bias. And I know that because freaking best car ever. Um, but... Uh, yeah, just, it's just marketing at this point that they have to really uh, embrace. They have to go old style, guerrilla marketing, door to door, uh, offer it to people. And you know what's amazing? A, a 25 year warranty, right? That's uh, That to me is good enough for the investment and then what you're going to get in return. And <clears throat> I think that for the most part, um, they just need to pick up the slack on the marketing because people are just used to like having some rando from Yelp come and do the roof or something. Uh, so yeah, a thousand roofs. Let's hope they get there. Let's hope the technology is a lot better. Um, I think YouTubers got to review it, right? 
so people are more kind of keen on it you know millennials don't buy don't buy houses so it's not like we're gonna get them anytime soon um so yeah and just looking at the pictures i don't know i can't tell if this is a render or if this is an actual um i can't tell if it's a render or if it's an actual picture but it looks a lot better it looks more sleek and if it's saving you like you know three hundred dollars a month on electricity three hundred that's three thousand six hundred dollars you're going to be saving a year which is insane right uh and it's going to get cheaper over time so yeah i think uh, this is a really great investment if you are a house owner and you're looking for a new roof hopefully you didn't replace it before the podcast but yeah um so i think that's that's about it uh look at that um oh yeah so talking about uh the response to the instagram influencers and all that stuff so i've been trying avid right this is my full review um this is sort of my semi-review um first and foremost i was looking for you know i talked about switching from premiere to final cut and um can't afford final cut right now so i went around and i looked around for a free piece of software we're trying to get this over 45 minutes that's what that's what we're trying to do right here um this is, a, this is my podcast i can do whatever i want right uh <laughs> um so yeah so i've been trying with davinci uh the last two podcasts have were edited uh with davinci so you know it works you know i got it there and that's because i was getting tired of iMovie man like iMovie sucks like get that trash out of here um so i was looking around um i was about to pay for premiere you know i said i was gonna leave it um but then i remembered avid and davinci i looked around and i didn't know davinci was free um also every time i used davinci or ever any time i heard about davinci uh, it was for color grading, so I thought it was just an extension, but they have DaVinci Resolve 16. Um, and so this is sort of my, again, semi-review based on what I've used it. So I think if you're going to build a piece of editing software, um, first and foremost, I should be able to sync up external audio with my camera. That is like, it sounds like there's an echo. Um, that's like the first thing I should be able to do like first thing because in camera microphones suck so if you're developing i don't know if you're a developer or whatever whoever's listening to this um that's literally one of the first things you should put on there uh, adobe brush and imovie don't have that and i try to sync it if you look back to like iphone 11 bill gates area 51 uh edward snowden minimalism that podcast if you go to the video it's there's like some parts where it's not properly synced, right? At some point, it just like, it's just not synced correctly. Uh, that's because I just try to eyeball the clapping and it didn't work. Uh, and since YouTube like goes back like two frames, it looks completely out of sync. <clears throat> so I think I messed it up bad. So anyways, um, adding pictures should be really easy too. That's like, that's what mostly people do. Um, so I was able to edit the timeline. It was really great. Uh, there's some keyboard shortcuts I'm trying to 
still get through and learn and um, sort of be, be able to understand it. But I love the user interface. It's really phenomenal. Um, there's like, there's like, like some minor clucks, clucks, what was the word? Like clutters here and there. Is that even a actual sentence? Um, but there's some, you know, like, I'm so used to printing C and B. C for cut and B just to go back to the regular mouse because of Premiere. But now it's like B and sometimes the cutting doesn't work. And I have to use like, this is the first time I had to use the touch bar. So um, I was able to get through it. The rendering, I was amazed. I was surprised. It felt a lot faster than Premiere. Um, and that's because it's using the GPU a lot more. So I was really happy with the rendering time. It took me like half an hour to render out an hour and a half podcast. So the rendering was really great. Uh, the nodes, the nodes and color grading because it originally was a great color grading uh, tool. Um, I'm gonna be real honest. I got really confused as to what was going on. So maybe you have uh, DaVinci, Blackmagic, y'all gotta add some sort of tutorial and, and I think that's what's also really great. Uh, since it's free, I haven't found too many tutorials for DaVinci. So I think this is a brand new market that's gonna come out. Um, I really like it, the user interface. There's some minor stuff that I'd, I do enjoy about it uh, that I don't. Um, I know that they got rid of keyframing because that's from Premiere and other products. So I'm gonna have to learn that. But, you know, there's also certain things that you're limited to. Um, because you're not paying the full, the full version is 300 bucks, you pay once, I'm all for that. Uh, but this, if you're looking for a free piece of software, this is also used by industry professionals, this is like amazing for color grading, um, I think it's a really phenomenal option. Way better than, um, than iMovie, way better than, than Adobe Rush, because you know Adobe just has so much stuff on their hands, um, but I think it is a really phenomenal, it's a really awesome uh, option if you're out there looking for software. It works both on uh, Mac and PC, and it just does so much, so many great things. I was amazed. I always heard about it. I never used it, but it's, uh, it's awesome. And I think I'll be sitting around with it for a while until I can afford Final Cut. Um, but as, as long as it's able to do most things, right, like slow down footage, uh, bring it up, let me look through um, through scopes for color grading, um, being able to load LUTs, being able to, you know, you can't load LUTs on Adobe, I mean, on iMovie. So um, it's doing a really phenomenal job in just a lot of ways that a beginner could uh, take advantage of them. And if you're a beginner, you're able to uh, learn a lot from it because I mean all editing is the same all programs for the most part nonlinear editing programs are all the same It just their tools are just renamed different things. So um, If you're looking for a product, I think DaVinci Resolve is a really great choice now. It's free uh, They're coming up with constant updates. I haven't within that editing within that timeline within editing those two It's not a good sample size, right? But to me it didn't crash and it just had all the tools that I needed. So and then we had to like go into sound too, and then we got to get better with nodes. Yeah, 
but I, I think it's a really great option. I'm seeing really great because I'm blown away that this thing is free. Um, and I and I personally, if I like it this much, um, you know, I, I think I will. I would personally purchase, you know, the the full thing. But to Black Magic and to Da Vinci, you know, th thank you for putting this out there and making a, such a great product. Um, you know, it's phenomenal. It, it really is, and it's. And if I were to go to Final Cut, I feel like I would use this for color grading either way because I personally don't like the, the Final Cut um, way of editing. It just seems a little clunky. Not like editing, but like the color grading, right? So, <clears throat> yeah, really phenomenal. And, yeah, I think that, that should be it for the most part. Um, sorry I had to talk about politics. I don't like talking about politics. Um, but I, I just thought it was interesting what they're doing. Um, and Facebook uh, needs to be taken down. Delete Facebook. Elon Musk needs to buy Facebook and then delete it. Um, so yeah, so that's what we're doing right now. Um, I said I was going to give away presets, but right now um, I did not find any pictures that I particularly liked that I was like, oh, time to take out this and then make it a preset. So um, yeah. Presets later on, um, but yeah, th that's it. Um, had a good time with this recording this podcast again. Sorry for the politics, but that's about it. Um, if you have any questions, you want to talk to me, you can tweet at me, or you can respond in the comment section. And I think that's about it. Uh, thank you so much for your time and your attention. My name is Isaac Hongos. I'll catch you in the next one.